Greetings and salutations, my fellow geeks, and welcome to episode 18 of the Okie Geek Podcast. I'm Michael Cross, along with Devin Green, Nikki Robinson, and Joshua Unruh. Josh has returned to us triumphantly. Yay! It's good to be back, people. It's, it's good, good to be back. Good to have you back. Yeah, I think now you went out to uh, some conventions, and did that kind of inspire the conversation that we're thinking about having today? I think a little bit. Um, uh, one of them, one of the two shows I went to was the speculative fiction show, and just looking at uh, at the the offerings, you know, that were there um, in the dealer room, and you know, talking to some of the other authors, uh, and and. I mean this with love. Want to be authors like they're working on, sure. you know, their first manuscript, and then, um, and then the other one was um, was a much more professional. We are making our living as authors wow. show, uh, and the biggest chunk of them. It started out as a romance um, organization that grew to to be other things, and romance really does have a lot of this genre mashup thing kind of baked into it now. So. I think probably between the the spec fic focus and the uh, wow say that five times <laughs> spec fic focus yeah, spec yeah. fic focus and wow. um, and the you know just generally being around romance people may have influenced me but I'm also thinking Star Wars thoughts that's right so and, and it's anytime you think sci-fi it, it it really kind of makes it so we're talking about genre mashups and I yeah I, I romance I hadn't even that one hadn't even thought of because I it's, I don't usually think of romance mm-hmm. but. Almost every romance is usually set in some other time period, uh, even if it's fiction. I mean, the fact that you have to say, I write contemporary romance, if you write, you know, normal, present, rom-com, you know, type stuff. Nope, I have to separate from the... The fields of other historical of other stuff. Yeah. romance, which of course paranormal. That's the one, that's the one oh most gosh. people think of. Paranormal, fantasy, paranormal fantasy. Yeah, or there's horror romance. There, there. I, I got a uh, like a giveaway. This was not the last show, but a, a show earlier this summer. I got like a little giveaway that was an, a novella. Um, oh no, it's probably a short story, the size that it was. But anyway, like this little short piece that tied into a larger series. That was called The Clockwork Samurai. So it's like steampunk samurai romance. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I, <clears throat> and okay, that's a thing. We're, <laughs> it is now. We're going to so roll So spend, yeah. I, uh, yeah, I picked it up. I haven't had a chance to read it yet, but I was like, well, <laughs> you, you had me at hello. I don't, I don't, you get a shot, you know. Now, when does a <clears throat> genre mashup become its own genre by itself does that make does that question make sense at all i when, think it when does. there are five or more <laughs> well no I just, I just mean i mean after a certain amount of time well uh, steampunk was kind of that way it was like this old timey and new technology well, it was, yeah, it was victorian and, and, and science fiction and it's become its own thing it's steampunk now i mean that's what it is well, so really hg wells kind of like pioneered steampunk if, if you will like before it's time sure but, yeah yeah well but for him that was uh just science right. fiction right? right because that was it's just brass and steam and some crystals <laughs> right, right? Right? right yeah um and that was the beginning of science fiction which was um probably a, a mashup of its own at the time mm-hmm. uh but but science fiction eventually became this idea of looking either to the future uh or usually to the future to to kind of give an idea a, a reflection of ourselves and that's how science fiction was for the longest time under Heinlein and so, and some of the other great science fiction writers. Speculative fiction. Well, like radium, all. like radium age science fiction. It was also they're basically horror stories. Like they're what if the what is the sure. next evolution of yeah. humanity look like? It looks bad for the last step of humanity. <laughs> that's what it looks like, you know. Well, um, the Philip K. Dicks, uh, you know, the, uh, do androids dream of, of electric mm-hmm. sheep? Yeah, uh, those were the kinds of fictions where, yeah, it, it still I think reflected on us in the present that's the whole point of the science fiction was was we're heading toward a whole bunch of bad stuff if we don't fix our things right now and that was a lot of the philip k dick stuff was was that kind of and any kind of i guess now it's been called like all more apocalyptic science fiction type well post-apocalypse stuff is huge right now uh like and and i have a whole i have a whole anthropological question you know, like what is happening? I'm an anthropologist. I, oh, <laughs> okay. Um, I think your short answer would be the same as my short answer, it, which is not useful. It completely would be. I'm not sure that I can say um, it. Funny side note: show. there is a um, there's a Twitter account that is hilarious. Everyone should follow it. It's post apocalyptic yaf novel. 
<laughs> and it's just like the generic plot line of every post-apocalyptic, post-apocalyptic yeah, novel. Yeah. I've seen it. Novel. I've it's, seen it. It's fantastic. And it always has like a sentence long sure. like plot line that it, they're all the same. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, change up the, you know, the pronouns and, and it's, yeah. But it's really, so I'm going to be, so put the writer hat on. Like if you're reductivist enough, I can do that to anything. Mm-hmm. And it's just, that's the hotness right now. Yes. Like five or six years ago, we would have done it with sparkly vampires, that's like right. sparkly any, vampire vampires, yeah, novel. I think was, mm-hmm. um, yeah. 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 So, so the thing, okay. So first of all, uh, because for literary nerd purposes, um, like the way that we talk about genre now is a giant mess. That is sort of something to do with marketing expectations more than like what books are actually about. And what why I realized this was talking about superheroes, actually, because right. superheroes borrow from everywhere. Mm-hmm. And so so mm-hmm. speaking for me, it's no surprise that I really dig genre mashups because I didn't realize that I was that that's what I was reading for most of my life. I mean, you know, you've got your uh, uh, detective story over here with a guy in Dracula drag and you've got your uh you know, your science fiction story over here because that guy from another planet is parachuting into a shrunken city from his lost planet. And and you've got mythology stories with like uh, Shazam, Captain Marvel, and Wonder Woman. You just got all that stuff. And then you have Shining Knight show up and you're like, so is that a fantasy story or a superhero story? Also, have you noticed that when you talk about fantasy, uh, one of the things about Superman was what was his, what was the only thing besides Kryptonite that could really hurt him? Magic, magic, magic. So, which, which is was a hilarious so meta commentary. Yes, so basically, when you had magic or fantasy enter into his science fiction realm, it hurt him. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, so, so that's it, a that's that doesn't even make fictional sense. No, no. <laughs> it makes meta fictional sense, and they were doing that in like the fifties. But it, it was worked. great. Yeah, it worked because right. it, it also gave it gave him someone else an, an ability to hurt him besides having to carry around rocks from his planet that blew up. 20, yeah. 30 years ago. Because, I mean, practically speaking. Right. It's, it's a lot easier to, to summon have, magic right. than kryptonite. So when you had your magic people, you know, you had your I think that Devin just, just right there explained why it didn't even make fictional sense. <laughs> Obviously, eldritch horrors Duh. are easier to come by than meteorites. God. <laughs> it's easier to call just down Cthulhu your, than... Yeah, <laughs> I was going to say summon your inner Lovecraft. That's right. Put some ellipses in there. I don't want to have an inner Lovecraft. And the Man of Steel is going down. Um, but it just seems like it's more sort of overt now. Yeah. I, I like, like it's really not just because of where I was coming from, but, uh, we're, we've talked about space Westerns before and how we'd really mm-hmm. like to have more of those. Yes. And then tr- remind me again, Devin, into uh, the Badlands. into the Badlands. Oh. Is that on sci-fi? AMC? No, it's, it's yeah, on AMC. AMC. And I just, wa- I watched the trailer right before we came here. It's like and Kung it's Fu. Kung Fu Field of West. Opium Poppies meets the Old West. Meets and Southern Plantations. Yeah. Like, it's bizarre. It, and it is from the makers of Django and, Unchained and uh, um, Smallville. And I think the the world building and, <laughs> the, and, the, and the, the match up there. The images <laughs> are just, it doesn't look like some small basic no. cable show. It, yeah. It I looks, mean, because that that's a lot of production yes. value just to not look like crap. Just in it's the huge. trailer. Yeah, just and the trailer it, alone yeah. is. And I'm hoping they have that on Hulu because I, since I've cut the cable, then. Yeah, yeah. Me too. But it just seems like that's. You know, more of the thing. And then th- that makes me think, well, I've been reading some of that because I'm a big fan of the Dresden Files novels, mm-hmm. which are. Uh, those are Butcher, right? Yeah. Yeah. I Jim mean, Butcher. I even mean. Yeah. Those, I've, I've got those well, basically on my don't, list. Don't be, don't be uh, overwhelmed. There's like 15 of them. Oh, Did, I plan on reading like you know three. Me. I know. You know <laughs> I read like, Burst Off Fiction. No, like, you'll be fine. I, but there, but 15 is a lot. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Dude. I, I, I'm thrilled when an author has written 23 books. He's because well, then I know I've got some, good news. Some He's time, also you know, got some things to do. Six or seven fantasy yeah, novels that are that I've read three of, I mm-hmm. think, and they're they're really a lot of fun. I don't and really didn't like. Did you say fantasy he was coming novels. out with a new like like? It uh, just came out a steampunk. Steampunk, yes. yeah, but yeah. it's apparently. Um, I'm getting some non-spoilery talk about it from friends that are reading it, and there's also like some kung fu in there, and also so it's just it's this. I and I hadn't heard this quote, but he said something like, um, "He wanted to write a steampunk novel that assumed the goggles were 100% necessary and that just build a world is- around that." And I'm like, oh, fine, right? You know, high five you. Well, now that, that decorative would, on the hat is that from anyone doing? else that would be ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Except his fantasy stories were the uh, Codex Alera were mm-hmm. based on a bet where people could pick two way overused concepts and smash them together, and he was supposed to write good books about it. 
<clears throat> and like the Codex, Al- yeah, the Codex Alera are lost Roman, look, lost Roman legions and Pokemon. <laughs> That's like a Cards Against Humanity. It's, like, like, and it's wonderful. It's really. good. I want to make a game out of this. Um, like, okay, yeah. you have two elements. Yeah, if I didn't have nine book ideas right now, yeah. I would take those comers just to see what I, came out of absolutely. my head. But the the Dresden things anyway, like detective stories with. Fantasy things. Yeah. You know, like he's a wizard detective. Yeah. Jim, what was the, the Jim Butcher. Butcher. Jim Butcher. Yeah. And he said he, the, the, the steampunk novel has just come out. Just come out. I'll it's hardcover and Kindle have, and all I'll that stuff. I'll have to get that. I, I would love to start a new one with him, a new genre that, that I could pick up right Me now. Me too. Yeah. I need to pick him up. I have, a, I, I have kind of a baseline theory that every good story is a mystery at its heart. Oh, that's interesting. Hmm. Go for it. Talk well, to me about that. I, I, <clears throat> I knew you'd make me back that up. Well, um, <laughs> cite yes. your source. Yes, you have. You have twenty minutes. Okay, the Goldfinch, Donna, the Goldfinch by Donna Tart. Um, the it won the uh, it won the Pulitzer last year, mm-hmm. and it is a fiction. It is a literary fiction novel, mm-hmm. but at its heart, it's a mystery. I mean, you are within the novel. You are solving, and it's not a pro- it's not solving a problem. It is there is there is a mystery. There, Although if within you, the text, let me add to this. Then, if you're saying that almost every, if if it's mystery is the idea to solve a problem, maybe not necessarily the whodunit mystery, just solving a mystery. Then, yeah, almost every genre goes back to you're trying to fix some kind of conflict, right. regardless of what it is. Mm-hmm. That's the whole idea. Whether you do or not, mm-hmm. um, but if mystery is solving. A problem of solving a conflict or getting to the bottom of a that is the yeah. essence of every, every book good is to, narrative. to to solve a conflict either to either to I'm gonna have to think about this attempt, one. Attempt to solve it's it. funny I, I was interviewing a mystery author when we were talking about this and um, and her name escapes me and I feel terrible but um, we were talking about how she she was talking about she is a mystery writer mm-hmm. she um, she falls in the genre of romance only because She's a female author, and most of them get shelved in mystery. I mean, in romance, anyway. But she They'll said sell that better. no matter how They'll hard she better. tries, <laughs> yeah. she can't help but write a mystery. And, yeah, yeah. And no romantic and, thriller. I mean, romantic. Oh, like I mean, that's the other thing: romantic thriller, uh-huh. romantic mystery, uh-huh. contemporary romance, contemporary romantic Ivana. thriller. Yeah. I mean, just like you, you just yeah, you yeah. just start pulling the pieces and moving them mm-hmm. around. Mm-hmm. And and so when yeah, when is it? Like I, I, I think the I really think obvious genre mashups are the things that my mind has been on. Mm-hmm. But really, when you start picking pieces of one thing, mm-hmm. if you can't tell whether this is supposed to be more mystery than romance or right. more romance than mystery, we're we're mashing this well, thing. Well, and, and also I think when, when you're talking about mystery, if, if mystery is what the heck's going on, mm-hmm. then yeah, I Boom. think that's pretty much that's every kind of story. The heart of every good narrative. Is and what what is going on? What I'm trying to figure out what's going on. Right. I and I come from it from a, a retail perspective as far mm-hmm. as I, I worked at Half Price Books for years right. and years and years. And and romance was my jam. Like that was my section that no one else wanted. And I couldn't understand why no one wanted it because it's a blast and because it's one of those, uh, you know, so I come experientially, it would often be like, yes, this is a mystery. It goes in romance because it'll sell from there, you know, Mm -hmm. but for the most part, almost all of them, I mean, I mean, all of them are mysteries. And, And sometimes authors get out of the romance genre by writing enough mystery. Yeah, I've got a friend if who I graduated love, high school with, and she's a, she's a romance a novel here, novelist here in Oklahoma City, Jill Miller, and she is oh, yeah. mm-hmm. she used to be Jill Schwarkney, uh, mm-hmm. Schwarkey, mm-hmm. and uh, she and she that's that's all she does is write romance novels, mm-hmm. and uh, you know if you can make a living off of any kind of writing, with Amen. more power. I never, yeah, no judgment. Also, Amen. by the way, it's worth saying as I, as I work in publishing, I don't want anyone who's listening to this that might care about romance novels more than I do. I do not denigrate them. Like no. the joke that I make that every romance author loves is romance, keeping the lights on and publishing since 1925. <laughs> Amen. Because that is yeah. facts, uh, man. And, 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 and it's kind of like, you know, when you talk about like the romance <clears throat> in, in music, uh, genres of music, country music, I really do not like country music. Uh, a lot of people don't I like country don't music. Like and yet, music and yet country music one out of every five radio stations in the country is country music. <laughs> it is the it country music is the most popular genre of music 
in the world. And we and we talked about that. And and is, everyone goes, "Oh, I hate country." Well, apparently not. <laughs> well, a lot of people Well, it's do like talking like about it. ABBA's album sales. Right. Right. You know. You just, it's 9 a, billion people worldwide can't be wrong. Sorry. Right. Yeah. So so and so so that's what I think about with romance is a lot of people say they 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 kind of poo-poo it or whatever, but the truth is it's a genre that is that is keeping the keeping Publishing, books alive. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, certainly, and by sci-fi and fantasy, that's for certain. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Not yeah. to mention those authors work. Oh, sure. I mean, we're talking several, you know, more than one book a year. I Some mean, are... of the self-published romance authors mm-hmm. that I know that are very successful, like I know them personally, mm-hmm. are putting out three or four books a year. Oh, yeah. So insane. And not yeah. to mention, if you look at their CVs, I mean, what is her name? She has a master's from Brown. She dedicates every one of her books to her husband. Anyway, I mean, there are no slouches at all. No, yeah. it's, it's, no, they, they, no it's, I mean, look that's very hard. Yeah. yeah. Like, so, so uh, anyway, so you know, yes. all mixed into that, right? Like, uh, like you've got your your paranormal detectives, mm-hmm. and you just, I just, yeah. you know, I just Demon, really Demon. like all that stuff. So, what's yeah. you guys got some favorite genre mashups? I do have a favorite know? genre match I want I want to talk about, and my favorite is, and most people don't think about this, is Doctor Who, the way it was originally conceived by Sidney Newman was that it would be a time traveler who went back into the past to study history mm-hmm. and would go in the future to study science fiction. And mm-hmm. it would be almost an educational. So it was right. science fiction. That was the lie they history. told the network, right? <laughs> it's well, what it, what, no, that's what it was originally was because the thing was that the BBC had all these historical, they could, they could make yeah. a history. Yeah. They got back lots and, for that. And then stuff. they could also do sci-fi. They had to some sci-fi. So this was the one he really wanted to mash these two together. Now, when it was created, when it, when Doctor Who, when William Hartner went back in the past to ancient Rome to visit Marco Polo to the French Revolution, there were no space bugs, there were right. no Silurians. It wasn't later that they dogs. started bleed. The edges right. started to bleed. Right. It was. It was history. They went back and looked at history. They looked. They talked to Marco Polo about his adventures in China. They went to the French Revolution and talked about what was going on in the French Revolution. Um, when, and then, of course, sci-fi, they'd go to the Daleks, they'd go to the, the different groups, and that would be the sci-fi, and they'd learn about math and science. I mean, even the teachers that were taken along, one was a math teacher, mm-hmm, one mm-hmm. was a history teacher. Mm-hmm. So it was a yeah, true mashup of true sense. historicals yeah. and science fiction. And then it started to then it started to bleed. The new who there is no such thing as historical fiction or a history history. Every a, a true once, history. yeah. Every well, no, once they'll, they'll in go a back while. in time. They'll be right? a little in, like it's yeah. spiced to the story. They'll, they'll go back to, in time, you know. but they, they go back in time. Right. Well, yes, but they go back in time, and there's an alien. Yeah. So oh, yeah, that, yeah. then it's no longer a true history. No. And I mean, I mean, true history. The way yeah. it originally was, there was an episode in Peter Davison. He was the fifth Doctor in the early '80s called Black Orchid. And he went back in time to the 20s and had to solve this mystery that was going on. There wasn't space mystery. It wasn't alien. It wasn't a, anything like that. You know, time vortex. It was just this mystery that went on. It was a two-part episode. And to me, that was the last true historical Doctor Who show of all, uh, ever. Because after that, it was always, there was this mix-up that they'd go back in time. But it was basically a science fiction that was in the past. Yeah. And that's we're not making, a true history. We're making use of the BBC's backlots. Right. Which is... Great. Oh, yeah. spend, spend that spend that already right. spent money Keep a second or low. third time. Yeah, yeah and it took to, to almost to the point where I again I was telling you, Josh, I can't watch Downton Abbey without thinking there should be a, a blue <laughs> box. Listen, if they're gonna here. have these stuffy accents, there it's, needs to be <laughs> if it's gonna start be the that whoa, whoa, yes. noise already. <laughs> so um but I I would love to see a new Who episode that was to true history Strictly to historical. see if they could do it. Mm-hmm. See if they could I just again. don't know if the writers can do that. They're, I, it would be really hard I for them to go know. back into, you know, say, ancient Greece and to try and figure out how to have a conflict that doesn't include, you know, mm. I mean, they, they, went yeah. back to, they went back to the, the volcano day, to Pompeii, the last days of Pompeii. Yeah. And what was creating Vesuvius? It was aliens inside. Naturally. Yeah. yeah. No, uh, no, that's a that's a good. Since I have been making the the argument that um, Gallifreyans, Time Lords, are elves anyway, right? Uh, so it's it's a what? fantasy show. Yeah, no, Gallifreyans are elves. I've never heard. They're you timeless, you know, incredibly uh-huh. ridiculously powerful, uh-huh. kind of lazy about getting involved. Yes, right. Incredibly fashionable. Yeah. <laughs> also, yes. So just well talk dressed. about very pretty. Yeah. R- really? You know, yeah. They are uh, ridiculously ornate costumes. At home. That's what I think. Uh, they're elves. Yeah. yeah beautiful British yeah. actors. Time Lords are elves. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. So you it's say, a fantasy show. Yeah. Like, Lee, Lee Pace <laughs> just comes striding yes. out. Yeah. Um, yeah. And and 
I, I remember talking about how the TARDIS is a genre machine. Oh, sure. Yeah. Like, yeah. Sure. Like, yes, that it, when it used to be episodic and, and when you didn't have these huge long story arcs, you know, you could have one episode be a rom-com, one mm-hmm. episode mm-hmm. You sure. know, be a mystery. And that's how, that's how the classic Who is, mm-hmm. is every time they went somewhere and sometimes you would go to a Western and yeah. so sometimes you would go, I mean, one of the, and especially if you look at, go watch the William Hartnell episodes because they were really... They, they, at one point, they was went to the OK Corral. Fifth? Mm-hmm. So was they he had fifth a Western. Doctor? First that Doctor. No, oh, first doctor. That's the first Doctor? The very Five first Doctor. I'm bad Arnold. at this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Five it's hard. Heads I mean, up. It's I'm only bad been at around this. for 50 years. So right. it's, it's like, you know, talking about reading all the Jim Dresden files. Yeah. You know, or the, all the Dresden files. Listen, I have 50 I years of a particular genre in my head already. I don't, I don't know <laughs> if I can do another one. I don't have enough life left. Well, yeah. So far, we've got, yeah, just 50 years of Doctor Who. Imagine it for, you know, think about younglings when, you know, about 30 years when we'll have 50 years of Star Wars in our head mm-hmm. you you did miss a, a, a really yeah, wonderful short, short film called younglings i have a postcard from oh it and that was so good. The, the premise is was it it's 30-ish? it's us it's us, us in about 30 years. in about 30 years sitting around still arguing about star wars, about star wars and star trek certain and key points and star trek great and yeah it's <laughs> so what, funny and it takes place in this little like divey bar it it, it was precious oh, something it was to look for. but eventually yes eventually we'll be like we 80 years old talking guys. about you know 40, 50, 60 Listen, years in of 30 Star years, Wars. I better be in a better bar than a dive bar. And there'll be little kids really running charming. around going, oh yeah, I just saw the last movie. Is there something right. else? Yeah. Not to mention, in within the film, there have been 30 years more. More things to argue about. Things yes. Obviously. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah. And I, the thing that Star Wars, was, <clears throat> when we talk about genre mashups, Star Wars was one of the first ones to really create this action sci-fi. Mm-hmm. I... I'm going to deny it entirely as science fiction. See? Now, because I'm on the there fence. is no Why science. Why would you do that? Because there are because wizards no in science. it. Space wizards, excuse you. Yeah, but that doesn't make it science fiction. <laughs> yeah. That makes it fantasy in space. Yeah, but there's still no. laser swords and laser guns and. But. Yeah. Pew, pew, pew. Right. So the point was <laughs> so to tech. make uh, magical swords, magic swords, because mm-hmm. magic swords are awesome. So oh, they solved the, pl- the problem of making. Magic swords, both special and ubiquitous Thank at the God same time. Thank God we invented the thing. Yes. I'm telling you, it, I, <laughs> there are wizards in it. It's fantasy. Dude, I'm, <laughs> but I'm on is, the fence as to it, whether it's sci-fi as No, well. I know. That, that is a purely academic argument in it, some, most respects. It, well, it is. And, all, and it's what we were talking about. On We have a group me app that the four of us share that we talk <laughs> about it. And one of the things we talked about was before this, science fiction was simply a way of reflecting the future on our present aspect. And that's what Star Trek did. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you look at the old Star Trek episodes, yeah. uh, the Let, Let's Be Your Last Battlefield. Yeah, and they got hardcore they talked about science racism fiction and they talked writers. about war. Yeah. And they they got about, hardcore science writers. And even they in, did. And it's one of the things that people didn't like about The Next Generation. The Next Generation kept that up with star, star, stories about game, uh, video games uh, with the one that got everyone addicted to it and, 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 and racism and sexism yes, and, and war. Yes, but they got TV writers to do and it. And they're anthropologists. Like, like, this is my big split between original flavor and uh and next generation is that they had science fiction because there weren't any respectable tv writers who wanted to work on a science fiction show so they went and hired actual science fiction writers and made them learn how to write scripts Mm -hmm. right and you got like amazing character stuff because kirk spock and mccoy that is a shakespearean level triumvirate sure it is but the the dc fontana scripts the 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 ones that just made you almost weep with how well they, they talked about science fiction. Yes, you're right. Yeah. This, the original series, there's nothing that can compare to the original series. Um, I, I'm disappointed. Just that, that approach. That, yeah. The approach of we're going to hire science fiction writers mm-hmm. whose bread and butter is taking some sort of futuristic aspect to spotlight a problem or issue or thing that we are right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then went all the way then, to, to then the you sixth get TV movie writers. where you, I mean, the, the, the whole Klingon thing was... The, the the sixth movie. The movies actually, the, yeah, kept that up. Re- I mean, the relatively. I mean, they weren't all no greats. No. Movies. Oh gosh, no. <laughs> but the con conceptually, they were like thematically in line. Anyway, mm-hmm. but then you get TV writers who you know make brackets that say insert sciencey gobbledygook right. here to yeah. solve our plot problem. Again, well, yes. Thank God we invented the thing. Done yes, we did. You. Yeah. Done. <laughs> yes. Anyway. So okay, what other what other genre mashups? I'm actually going to go with something probably no one here knows about because it's pretty niche. It's called Hakuoki. It's actually a novel romance Edo period mystery 
that's for the it came out for the PlayStation 2 back in 2008 and I absolutely loved this game it got ported to the PSP where I played it and you play as this character Chizuru and you're looking for your dad but then you run into these samurai that of course one of them has to protect you so you get to pick who you get to be protected from and you consequently either fall in love kill or get killed by this person <laughs> <laughs> That's um, it, did All this right. get an English tra- the yes. novel oh, got yeah, an English I translation? Haven't. I'm pretty sure I read th- how long ago? Uh, years and years? Years and years like, like like more than ten years ago? Well it came out in two thousand eight. The PlayStation two. I mean version. the the novel, because oh, I feel novel. like I read this. I don't know if there is a no- there's a manga. Oh, I thought you said that there was a there was a novel. It's a novel it's a visual novel. I gotcha. For the no, PSP. That's also great. Yes. <laughs> so I mean I, it's, cool. I didn't even know there was such I, a thing. I have read Edo period. Mysteries isn't are they great? They're pretty they're amazing because they get they get the paranormal in there because that was so part of the culture at the time, and they get <laughs> a lot of that samurai honor mystery well, where te- testimony wow, is actually yeah. testimony is more important than evidence. Yes, um, and you're not even really allowed is... to gather physical evidence yes. because that would be beneath your station. It's they're amazing. <laughs> they're really really good, and that's probably my most favorite. When you said genre mashup, I was like, I have to talk about yeah. Hakuoki because it. Because, again, going with romance, there's so many otame, what they're called, or uh, uh, dating sims, mm-hmm. I yeah, think. Yeah. yeah. And there, there's all sorts of, like, there's, there's fantasy ones, there's, you're a new superstar on the scene, and, you know, of course, you're going to date somebody, and. Uh, there, I, I played. I played a bodyguard one, which was really amazing. Nice. Did you look like Kevin Costner? I was gonna no, say. No, I was the girl, and I had to get protected. Oh, so, you're so you look like Whitney Houston. Yeah. <laughs> yes. We'll always love you. And like Dolly Parton. I mean, they come in yes, so did. many types of genres, and like they're all romance, but they all pull from these different genres. So yeah, if you that's like amazing. fantasy, you can go with a fantasy one. If you like mystery, you can go with a mystery one. Oh, that's wonderful. And they're all romance at their core. But I mean, you get you get that interaction all at the same time. I absolutely love them. I, I'm shamelessly in love with them. That's so. awesome. No, that's <laughs> amazing. Love what you love. Yes, Dude, indeed. They're Period. so good. And the stories are actually really, really good. Like, like you were saying, they put a lot of work into these. And they're all translated. Mm-hmm. So the translators have to put a lot of work yeah. into making it coherent for an American audience. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Translation was actually a big conversation at the more professional conference Mm -hmm. that I went to because you you can't just get somebody who speaks the language. You actually have to get a writer writer who speaks the language. It's... It's a it's well, there, yeah, it is was, a yeah. sticky problem. There was, yeah. Yeah. There was even talk about uh, NPR did a story on Spring Awakening for the deaf and the the, the people the people who were singing were deaf. They were signing, so uh-huh. when they had to translate it into the American Sign Language, you not only had to be able to just you just didn't take each word. You also had to make it sound musical and make it work for so. Yeah, mm-hmm. trans- and translating anything is, oh is it's not just about words. Yeah, yeah. no, because like especially like in the Japanese language. It's so, it gets reduced to really ele- mm-hmm. basic form because I mean they'll drop subjects if they if you are, if the subject is already assumed yeah. they'll drop it huh. and so which your translation makes it a little wacky yeah, yeah. which yeah. will turn to a really weird translation when mm-hmm. you don't know it's assumed that you know but you may not know right. <laughs> who's being what involved in this about. conversation that's why we use pronouns yes, yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well so. and I, I'm a huge reader of Swedish mysteries and. Translation is everything. I mean, I, I have... Did the girl with the dragon tattoo do that to you originally? No, actually, um, I Which started... Really it is. They are, yeah. Steve Larson is absolutely fantastic. But um, no, I got started with um, either Minkle uh, Hanning or an, another one. No, Judy, Judy Oldler Allison, is that right? That sounds familiar. It's Department Q novels. That's where I got started. But there have been translations that I picked up, and they're the early works of that author. And you can tell they didn't. it wasn't the same translator. <laughs> we paid more for this other translation. No, I, yeah, you absolutely can. And it just, it's, it's, when, there's a good, when it's a good translation, you can, you know, you can, you can tell. You can sure. It's effortless. Oh, yeah. And when it's a bad translation, you're going, what? You know, it just doesn't Yeah, work. it's a whole. So, Nikki, I want to, 
So it's been forever since I actually played a Final Fantasy game. Okay. <laughs> but I mean, they're about what? Like 800 genres crammed into one? I mean, because it's like uh, steampunk, space fantasy. Especially the more recent ones. It was originally just fantasy. It was just, you know. It was the, like your, your you D&D, mage, you mage your, yeah. thief, red mage, if you want yes. to get real fancy. My, <laughs> your fighter. And, 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 yeah. My 8-bit fighter. Yeah. yeah. But yes. as it's progressed, I mean, the progression of Final Fantasy, I mean, I think Final Fantasy 3 would be considered almost steampunk in a yeah. way because with the airships and well, stuff. Well, but then they, yeah. I mean, yeah, they, yeah, did, yeah. they did start going into sci-fi. And they had the magic um, crystals, yeah, yeah. your magicite and everything. And uh, and then it... <laughs> okay. Magicite actually sounds pretty cool, <laughs> which I'm going to point out is one of my favorite things is when they that somebody makes up a name for something <laughs> that obviously they spent about three minutes yeah. thinking about, but then it still legit. turns out like it's pretty okay. <laughs> You're like, Magicite, that was 4.30 on a well, Friday and right. you weren't allowed to go home until but you no, figured there's a one big out. Is that, is that to like Avatar's though. Unobtainium? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, that did, I don't think that's going to withstand the test of time. But, <laughs> no, but Magicite, I never know. Because like Magicite was like the, the, dead essence remaining of these espers which were these ethereal creatures that were like super powerful and so they turned into this magicite and then you were able to oh, imbue, your, imbue yourself with their powers and That's so awesome. and, or you could summon uh, the, I the old oh, final, final fantasy, fantasy 3 is so good yeah. by far my that favorite. might be the one that, the last one i actually played i don't and know it's then, been like, a long time. I think final fantasy 4 which i think was final fantasy 6 in japan final fantasy 4 was the last one i i played but then i saw like a final fantasy like 9 and went Okay, first off, that big honking sword that That's was big seven, twice the size. And uh, seven was um, seven actual, really changed jump genres again because it was more set in more of a realistic world, I guess. If then you it must have been seven, yeah. Yeah, and I mean it had materia, which gave you magic, but uh, um, but for the most part, it was more I mean, it's, yeah, but it's more current. I mean, like you. There was more physics, I guess, more realistic physics, I guess you would roll with because I mean you. There's trains, and you know people looked somewhat normal, mm -hmm. and then it went, and then eight was about the same. Nine went total fantasy with nine, and then uh, ten. I don't know. They're all just then. That's when it starts really genre mashing. Yeah. Ten, eleven, twelve. Well, maybe not eleven. Twelve, and thirteen. You're mainly old school. Do you play World of Warcraft or have? I that, have. I'm. I played a lot yeah. years ago, but I still kind of remain fascinated by like the world building there because it's so s s science fantasy, it space is. fantasy. It is it's very space fantasy, and I didn't get real far in World of Warcraft. I got like to a forty <laughs> goblin warrior. I so that's I know so much <laughs> more about it than I played through. It's, it's I've read not. the books. The books are really good. Yeah, the World of Warcraft books are fantastic. When when we talk about the <laughs> genre of space fantasy, which I guess we could actually put you know, Star Wars into yeah. that and put some of these games into that. At what point does that become its own genre? That's what I'm asking. Is, is it, is, it's, it is a mashup. Like a but it is, it has become to this point where basically it it's kind of, it's that's what you expect. That's what the, almost every science fiction action sh movie is, is a space fantasy. They're almost all this. They're no longer the true Heinleinian uh yeah, there's definitely a drift type there. Of, yeah. of science fiction that they used to be, and I think most of that is because of Star Wars. When it probably when, yeah. you know before Star Wars, science fiction was again Star Trek the original series, uh, Heinlein. I'm trying to think of some of the other ones. I Robot, Dick. Uh, uh, Asimov. Asimov, Arthur C. Clarke. These were the you know uh, even H. G. Wells, mm -hmm. the mm -hmm. science fiction of let's reflect on what's going on in the future by, by what we are now. Um, and then Star Wars came along, and that was pretty much it for the science fiction style of uh, the true science fiction. Yeah. Then it became science fantasy. I think that Does probably it... you'll see the like return to harder, or or when you see a return to harder science fiction, I think you're going to see it on TV, mm -hmm. like like the Battlestar like Galactica really reboot. Be. Yeah, I just yeah. don't think that Hollywood is prepared to. You can't do two Bank. and a half hours now, of this. No, I say that, but I just went to see The Martian. <gasps> uh, yeah, I was going to say that's so, about what I was yeah. going to bring up. The was... book is fantastic. I haven't read the, I haven't seen the movie yet. There, I, I want to headcanon them together because there are parts <laughs> of the book that aren't Did great you? and there are parts of the movie where those are better. And so I just, really? now they're just all one piece in my I, head. So I have a cool. perfect Martian. I loved the book because it's like having a really cool science teacher tell a really great yeah, story yeah. while you're getting a refresher course in yeah. science. Which or, or have the science fiction movies been moved into the post-apocalyptic 
where we're we're basically looking at where we are going to Mad Max. Well, I hope we're example. almost I, done. I think that's kind of I think that's a trend. As far as I, think I don't know, evolve. but I'm saying is that yeah. the is that is, is that, that where we're is going? That, no, I'm not saying where we're going. I'm saying is that the science fiction of current day? Is the post oh, apocalyptic basically Probably. saying that's a good point? That's yeah. what we're really looking at. We, we've we've had minimum 25, 30 years of doom and gloom. We're wrecking the planet, and we're not going to be able to save this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then you combine that with here's the part that I'm not sure I can say on a PG-13 show: libertarian wet dreams. You know, smashed together to where. Uh, oh, there's no society, but we'll still be able to get along. Whatever. Yeah, no. You are an accountant. Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> yeah. Um, it doesn't matter how many guns are in your basement. I mean, that whole, like, like that's what, True. that's the commentary now, mm-hmm. is we would all, this, this, we would all be better off if society fell. We, we would work, all unite. We would work it out. To- well, we'd yeah. work it out in tiny, violent tribes, yeah. which is why I'm really ready to be done with yeah. it. It, 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 it really I would like to the see anarchy, more the anarchy optimistic. Symbol. Well, and that's where I love Star Trek. That's why I fell yeah. in love mm-hmm. with Star Trek was that ideal that we're <clears throat> hopefully in the future, this all, all this stuff will end and we'll come together and work together to make the world and the galaxy a little bit better. I actually really like that aspect of the Martian, which I did not think as hard about. We gotta be careful about spoilers. Care, I yeah, guess. Okay, let's, yeah. But you know, I haven't seen it hey, yeah, yeah, Mr. Spoiler. Hey, one guy gets lost <laughs> on Mars, and we have. Hey, I didn't actually spoil it. You totally uh, no, I did, no, I just teased it. That's okay. it. Guy gets lost on Mars, yeah. and then we, uh, we the have, optimism we all know part is, yeah. everybody works together works to get him back. to bring him back, right. and that goes to a worldwide space. Yeah. Uh, That's- it's really no. I talked. I I left the really specific part, <laughs> right? But yeah, no. I, I I didn't dial in on that as much in the book. In the, I mean, it's there. It's absolutely there. Yeah. I just didn't dial in on it. In I the movie, either. you get these really good establishing shots of like um, are there montages like Times Square oh, full montages. of people watching <laughs> yeah. what's going okay. on on the screen. I can see how you visually know. that would probably yeah. Be it more just powerful. hit me more. I just thought more about yeah. I, I mean, again. There's actually a big chunk of this that's part of the plot. You yeah. cannot miss it if you're reading the book. But as far as like m- making me go, oh, oh the whole world wow, is behind this. Yeah. It was easier to see the whole world <laughs> behind it when with uh, in the movie. So right. yeah. it would be nice yeah. to get some it, it actual nice. hard science fiction that was also optimistic. That yeah, would be yeah, nice I, I think I, it would be nice for that to come. I too. would almost declare that a genre match <laughs> yes. at this point. <laughs> yeah, Humanity works theory. together. Um, let me me ask you about comedy uh in your sci-fi and your fantasy and i don't mean comedy i don't mean something these things that are funny because there's everything you know the you can get a gag you can put certainly um even shakespeare's tragedies had funny moments i'm talking true goofy comedy for example comedy sci-fi hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy yeah kung fu hustle is (laughs) wonderful uh one of his other movies was the uh, was the thing Another thing, uh, Stephen Chow's. Um, Dude. Yeah, I, I put yes. a I put the trailer up for it. Journey into the West. Journey to uh, the West. Journey to the West. Journey, Journey to, to the West. West. Yes, because it's a kung fu fairy tale. Yeah, I mean that's a, yeah. another. We're just cramming things together. I mean right. that was, was I mean, and you actually are moved in Kung Fu Hustle. When yeah, uh, you're just like <gasps> love that. Well, movie. I'm gonna I mean, laugh it's, at it's Looney Tunes stuff, oh, and yes. then I'm gonna ha- get hit in the feels, and yes. then there's going to be people <laughs> punched through walls, and I'm yeah. just like, <laughs> can just every movie be Kung Fu Hustle? Yeah, Broadway style like choreography, almost a musical. I mean, it's. Oh, there are so many aspects. Yeah. <laughs> so good. It's, yeah. Oh, run home. It's on Netflix. Seriously. It's on Netflix, I know. And, 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 journey, and too. journey to the West looks equally. It like, really, yeah. Big, epic, you know, and choreographed, funny. funny. And, yeah. It's also another one and where Stephen translation Chow. did wonders because they translated Kung Fu Hustle mm-hmm. really, really well. Yeah. Um, yes. Even I'd, if you I'd just do subtitles. Right. Yeah, right. It's really, really well translated. And. I mean, it's hilarious. You like you get hit in the feels. You get that action. I mean, it is the ultimate mashup, in my opinion, as far as comedy goes. Great. See, now, and about... also there's there's a comedy. There's a, a books called Myth Adventures mm-hmm. by Robert yeah. Ash. I got a couple of those. Um, uh, uh, another fine myth, uh, uh-huh. Little Myth Marker, um, and it is it is fantasy that is goofball comedy. Mm-hmm. And oh my gosh, it's some of the best. And there's only like there's 12 of them, yeah. I think. Robert Aspern died like 2008 or something like that. And he, he got some graphic novel, I think are not adaptations. I think he got extra stuff in graphic novels too. Really? Oh really? I think. I love, Don't hold I, me but to I love that. that kind of that. comedy. I just love that kind of comedy. Every now and then they'll try to do that in movies. Mm-hmm. And I think there was one that came out with Queen Amidala. Uh, 
Natalie Portman. Natalie Portman. And it was a it was a comedy <laughs> fantasy. In case Natalie listens to the show, we're really sorry that that was our go to. Right. <laughs> we're really, you were great in the professional. Yeah. Also, also Black Swan. And Black Swan. Oh, yeah. oh. Just everything that isn't that. We're really sorry. <laughs> we're sorry. We know you're not made of. Anyway, okay. Um, <laughs> it was it was it was a, um, a, a comedy. Why can't the, I the biggest this? problem is it was I, I didn't care for it. They just kind of went more uh, child humor to to try and do it. Uh, same thing with like uh, another uh, ten a million ways to die in the West. You know, the, oh, it's it's just okay really broad. To be, well, it's it, it's actually very childish humor. Mm. And it's like, why do that? When they, you can do some cerebral comedy. Mm-hmm. I mean, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy is not child humor. No. Um, and, I, and I love it. I love it for that. And it's still science fiction. Well, and Ghostbusters is my go-to oh. for that. Yeah. Oh. that. Oh, yeah. You know. That's awesome. Uh, <laughs> nobody is actually trying to tell you that Ghostbusters is a paranormal or science fiction. Oh, no. it's, yeah. That's a comedy that we put some proton packs on. <laughs> you know, like... <laughs> Which may it, may its tribe increase. Yes. Oh my lord! Oh, and, and the only really that's, scary that's moment like the of the bar. whole thing is the librarian at the, at the very beginning. The librarian yeah. right. was Let's so get scary. it out of the way. Let's set the stakes. They are actually scary. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, not meanwhile so, down know. here. Meanwhile, yeah. here's Bill Murray. <laughs> <laughs> meanwhile, well, and and in the comedy, and it is so highbrow. I mean, oh, there sure. are moments of slapstick, and but I mean. It is such sophisticated humor. Which, unfortunately, I, I think we really... Uh, sometimes you look at some of the movies that have come out recently, You, gotta, you for some reason you can't Especially have a scene without comedy. diarrhea or vomiting. Oh, I know. Like, well, it was just... We're, that's the comedy equivalent of a, too many of the action movies, right? Like, they're just... We're we're going to bank on a broadest possible mm-hmm. audience. I mean, I don't even which means unfortunately you also have means... to go to the lowest common denominator. Yeah, a lot of times. Well, so I don't want to like decry the fall of film or anything like that. Oh no! But, but at the same, I'm just saying well, currently, and I'm just saying currently because eventually no, but it's we will part, return the to the business, else. the business and the art when they when they come to that's not necessarily when everything falls apart because artists got to make a living. Right, but. You know, there there is a there is a place where this we must appeal to the to the widest possible audience means we're gonna get uh, poop and fart jokes. Poop, yeah, yeah. You know, but at the same time, I I I often think that audiences aren't given enough credit. I think so. oh, absolutely. As far not. as I yeah. mean, I think so. Too. From and, television and, to film, right? And, and it's nothing new. And some of the funniest parts, I mean, the, one of the funniest parts of Blazing Saddles is oh. the fart scene around the fire. I mean, really. Because there's another scene going on. Yes. Like, yeah. like that's, there's two things yeah. going on. We are not going to lovingly focus on the passing of gas. It's just going to keep happening mm-hmm. the entire time <laughs> that this other well, scene the- is happening. Yeah. It's. Yes. But that's, I just, I, so it's been going on for a long time. But, uh, you know, and it's still You'll some, never some get what, completely rid of the poop jokes. No. You can no. only reduce the I amount just, of poop jokes. <laughs> True. You can only raise the level of the poop. <laughs> That's what I want to do. Highbrow. Really cerebral poop highbrow jokes, poop yeah. jokes. Highbrow poop jokes. Yeah. That's what I'm looking for in the future. Yeah. So take note. Do a comedy mix-up yeah. with, with other genres is actually maybe, it's it's not necessarily my favorite, but it's maybe, it's good. And it's the apotheosis. Like it's the Zom rom-com. Oh, of Shaun of the gosh. Dead, right? Yes. Shaun of the Dead. Like here Shaun. are three things that don't, don't like I, I would never ask for a zombie romance i would never ask for it personally especially me would never ask for a zombie comedy but if you're just going to go ahead and do a good job at putting all three of those in one isn't film warm bodies isn't that warm one? bodies was oh, a yeah. zom rom it yeah because com- it was it a comedy is it a comedy? Uh, I, saw it. I never saw it i never saw it <laughs> i forgot that existed but the trailer is great no like the, i really want to see awesome. it. i don't think it's a comedy I mean, I think there are probably funny bits. I think it's mostly bits. zombie romance. Zombie romance. Uh-huh. I would not have asked for this. <laughs> there, I, but it there, happened. If you had and told me there was a trailer that would make me want to watch one, I might have punched you in the face. <laughs> there's, there's a series of books that's a zombie romance, and I can't. Listen, if you think too hard about Pride, that, it's going to get gross. Pride and Prejudice and zombies. If you want to talk about magic. Pride and Prejudice and Sense right. and Sensibility so and Sea Monsters and, and Abraham, Lincoln Abraham Lincoln Vampire. vampire. <laughs> Those are so good. I really... Did they make the movie of that yet? Abraham yes. Lincoln? Yeah, yeah, it wasn't great. Okay. Yeah. Um, it, it did not work at all. Bummer. It was, it, they just made it an action movie. Yeah. The thing that absolutely floored me about Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter is how long they took to introduce the vampires. Like, it read like an Lincoln biography. Oh, yeah. For 
a, long a third of the time. book or more yeah. before I mean like you had one kind of like the seed get planted when he was a child and then they just left it alone then, for chapters so it was like Doris Kearns Goodwin actually wrote a vampire yes <laughs> and then and then they would doctor the pictures but really subtly so it's you're you're like is this a thing that's actually yes I'm sort of like yeah it was really oh, and then the awesome. then the movie's just an action movie the cover art by the way is, which is I don't think brilliant. anyone is prepared to sit through a two hour Lincoln biopic that also has that vampires also in it. Vampires. I'm a little surprised I, that the book, you know, caught on mm. like that. But the movie would just be weird. Like, can, <laughs> yeah. what was it? The Daniel Day Lewis Lincoln, yes. right? That was yeah. him. Right? Yeah. Can you yeah. imagine? And then a vampire shows up. Like everybody's like, screw this, I'm out. I, I, even even if I knew that's what it was going I, in, I'd be I, like, I this would probably watch the movie. This isn't gonna work. <laughs> well, I guess that, you know that's kind of like what happened with what was that movie with. Uh, Near near dark near near dark. Near dark. Uh, what was the name of that movie? It was um, Quintino. Uh, oh, Dusk Till Dawn. Dusk Till Dawn. Oh, which started out as this is a gangster movie. Gangster movie, like and a, like a an sudden, escape you movie. Threw in yeah. vampires. Yeah, yeah. So which no, but I really great. like. I really like. Um, I don't like it every time. No, I'm not saying that Tarantino Dust does Till Dawn it, was good, but, but no, yeah. no, no. I I like From Dusk Till Dawn. Um, but when Robert Rodriguez does this a lot also where, where he is, it's almost a genre mashup because they are, I, I was having this conversation about Crimson Peak. Actually, I saw the trailer for Crimson Peaks, Guillermo del Toro's uh, yeah. Victorian horror. Okay. I think it has the silliest title, but it looks really good. Well, it's the name of the house. I he know. has to name it after the house because Victorian or a gothic oh. horror is Girl Meets it's House. Always Girl. Yeah. So. <laughs> Oh, but I the, love that. The, oh, no, no, I, I ran into that like years ago and I was like, that's brilliant. <laughs> and that's totally going in the thing. Yeah. We have a whole talk. But um, the thing that Del Toro is doing there that I really like what Rodriguez does and sometimes Tarantino does is that we're going to do this thing and we are going to do just this thing, whatever the genre is. Mm -hmm. But we're going to do it in this uh, so lovingly and modern a manner. That it's almost a genre mashup. Uh, right. Rodriguez's um, uh, Grindhouse stuff yeah. is totally Grindhouse, but we're gonna do it with these higher production values, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. we're gonna put more effort into this. Into the, it's yeah. just, it's almost a different thing. Yeah. Modern is not a genre per se, but no, like or higher but, production values, but it just elevates. But elevate, yeah. The, no, uh, Stephen Chow, I feels this the same way. Like he's doing very um, very traditional seventies you know, kung, fu, kung uh, fu outside of a uh, kung fu hustle. Right. Um, there weren't as many of those, but I mean, <laughs> um, you know, just very traditional kung fu. Mm -hmm. But then elevating pieces. It. But we're just going to go ahead and do higher production values yeah. and just really bring bring yeah. it into a modern space. I you know. I totally. like it. I dig it. It's yeah. almost a genre mashup. Mm -hmm. <laughs> almost. Almost. And okay, here here was my question. Um when you do a, a genre mashup, do you feel like and this is just for everybody, do you feel like it allows the creator to kind of break the rules of each genre? Like once you've mashed up these two genres, like do you feel it gives the creator like a little more freedom to play with said genres you're mashing up do you i, I think it does, does that also, make sense it also, is that a fully it also allows for something maybe so new that it becomes almost revolutionary mm -hmm. because uh, again we're you know we're talking about star wars which was uh, almost the idea of mashing up sci-fi and fantasy mm -hmm. became a revolutionary idea from that moment on everything else changed to that too when you create when you add in these new genres eventually you create something like steampunk yeah you know, yeah. a mashup of two other genres that don't really exist. Yeah, <laughs> right. I mean, it's yes, bizarre. Yes. It's yeah. When I wrote a weird western, well, I, no, I think I think steampunk does. I think steampunk Victor, it's Victorian fiction, which mm -hmm. is your your Sherlock Holmes. Yeah, your, yeah, your, totally. Your, you know, and and well, mixed up mixed up with with, with yes science, and no. science fiction Brass because they are they are doing things that are not. Yes and no, because a lot of times they're not really very Victorian. I mean, this is a thing that I've really enjoyed as I've kind of studied like the steampunk community mm -hmm. that they tend to be very progressive as a whole, um, which is extremely at odds with Victorian roots. That's Victorian what I'm, is yeah. that's kind of super what I'm repressive. Saying is, oh yeah, I'm not. Yeah, I'm I not, feel yeah, like you can subvert. Yeah. yeah, but so that's why I the say traditional... it's traditional. There's genres that don't really exist. Like yeah. 
like they're not really very Victorian. No, I'm just talking about the time period. Yeah, the right. time period because and, and and yeah, if you go to the the highbrow Victorians were were very you know repressed. Were, yes, but there was there was there was stuff going on underground that was oh. not. There's that was, that yeah. was certainly, and I think that's the, that's what they're what they're looking at the Victorian era of not not the highbrow Victorian era, but the but the more street level mm-hmm. of what was actually going on. And yeah, you're right. Yeah, if you look at like Queen Victoria and her straight laced uh, ideals in England at the time, <laughs> well, but even the idea, even the subverting the idea of empire, like you could not. Again, it's very progressive. It's anti-imperial, right. but mm-hmm. but I mean everything in Victorian literature even when they were subverting it, is all about the empire. Mm-hmm. True. It's, uh, True. anyway, I mean, that's, I've, I've been kind of fascinated by this for a minute because I'm no. like, you're cramming things together and then, come, <laughs> and then you sort of claim that they are something else entire. Fine. It's working. Yeah, it would, it's it's very, it it's How's very, this work? It's steampunk. And so everyone goes, they understand. Well, all right. And yet, you're right. It's, a, it's such a mashup of a mm-hmm. whole bunch of different things that yeah. some don't exist. That don't them. actually exist. Yeah, yeah. Um, how about historical fiction? Like, do we feel like is is that is that a mashup or is that just a genre by itself? Just, well, do you ch- are you changing things? Um, as far as history? I don't think you can. Yeah. If it's true, if it's true historical fiction, you can't change you anything. Can't. Usually, historical no, fiction is that's uh, what fine. I think of when there's lots fiction, of spaces to fit stuff. Sure, you, you, be, because most things weren't yeah. written. Yeah. I'm asking go, if it's go, a mashup or if it's a genre or if it's neither. No, I think historical fiction is its own. Yeah. Its own. Now, historical yeah. romance, maybe Animal. that yeah. might be a mashup. We're going to... I'm going to ship like Abraham Lincoln and Harriet Tubman together and right. they're going to be a thing now. Would that be fiction? <laughs> well, I'm talking like my, Nikki. I, Nan, National Novel Writing Month is coming up. <laughs> Nano, that's right. You're, I got an assignment for you. Right. There you go. Well, historical I'm, fiction. I usually think of historical fiction like you go back to the Civil War and you tell the story of a soldier. Right. Yeah. And that soldier may well, or may not have career, existed, yeah. but the South will still no, lose. Yeah. The North yeah. will still win. Right. Like I'm thinking yeah. Caleb Carr. I don't know if anyone's mm-hmm. ever read him. He wrote a. a a series and they take place at turn of the century in New York and actual historical people are in the novel, but it is a fiction novel. Right. Yeah. It's, 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 uh, I think the yeah, mashup there so, comes from the alt fiction. Like when you say, what if this one thing, when, changed? if you change right. something, yeah, yes. like, that's probably approaching okay. his, that. history and yeah, as a, as a part, as one of the two things it's that you're one mashing. Of the aspects you know? Okay. <laughs> we're, we're running out of time here. Anyone else have anyone that thing they want to bring up? Did anyone What's bring up geek, the of, the geek of the week? Oh, okay, go for it. I got, I've got one too. I've got a couple actually. Um, just for anyone who doesn't know, they're I we we all know they're making American Gods into a miniseries by Neil Gaiman. Mm-hmm. However, I just found out this week, and this may not be news to anyone, but Brian Fuller, who created Hannibal, Pushing Daisies, Wonder Falls, mm-hmm. and Dead Like Me, is the showrunner. Oh, that will be very neat. Woot. Okay, and then secondly, um, a local one. I can't believe I haven't brought this up before. Um, there is a local artist named Dustin Oswald. He has a uh, he has an amalgam of things under the umbrella of what's called Bombs Away Art. Um, he has a studio down in the Paseo called Planet Dorshak, and it is at three zero zero three A Paseo. It's really easy to find, and um, he makes everything from T-shirts to prints. He writes comic books. He um, just everything he makes is, is pretty amazing. So, and he also is um, partnered with Literati Press, oh, and yeah, yeah, Charles Martin and Marty Piercy are two of of, of those. Uh, Charles Martin is actually the owner, and um, you can find them at literatipressok.com, and you can find Bombs Away Art at bombswayart.com. What was so, the address again? Um, it is three zero zero three A Paseo. That's so awesome. yeah, right. It's it's actually right down. It's right next door to um, the other room. That's awesome. So yeah, easy to find. Go in there. I promise you'll spend way too much money and it's <laughs> for a good for a good cause. So yeah, hell of a sales job. There. Yeah, great. Congratulations, you're hired. <laughs> Thanks. Hired. Yeah, I do PR by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Nikki, do you have something? Uh, not yet. I think I'm gonna send a shout out to Brandon's Back to the Future thing in next week and a half hopefully we'll have him on hopefully next saturday next saturday i'm gonna try and get him but that looks like it's gonna be fun i heard rumors there's going to be a delorean (gasps) showing up so so just got chills it's a park it's 
I'm not 100% sure. But okay. I have to well, work we'll, we'll that day. We'll talk about it. We'll find out next week. We'll find out next week. It's what? 30th anniversary? Is that the... No, it's, it's the actual date that shows up on the dashboard. That's what it... Yeah. Yes. Yes. October 23rd. Yes. October 21st. Right. 21st. 2015. That's right. I, I've been so, in a couple of movie theaters, and they're showing the thing, and I was like, I'm doing the math. I'm going, is this... But he, and it was 30 well, years. And there it were, was 30 years from the right. original date yeah. of Back So to I guess future. it would be... Yeah, right there. So, yes. but, but, which was supposed so to be at the time good. a very, very long ways away that we were never going to get to. Yes, and now so it's old. happening in a week and a half. Marty, Marty McFly shows up in a week and a half. Sigh. So we're hoping he'll show up here, but we'll see. McFly. Get your awesome. damn hands off her. Josh. Okay. So uh, shout out. This is only going to be useful if you are visiting Florida or in Florida, but... One of the acts that came to visit the speculative fiction show were the Femmes and Follies burlesque troupe <laughs> who did a superhero and supervillain burlesque show for like an hour and a half. Oh, my gosh. Um, uh, it was it was amazing. Like mashup? they were really good. Um, uh, one of them did like a um, Harley Quinn ballet burlesque thing. Oh, wow. Huge hammer. The whole deal. It was it was like sexy and funny and and I, they would make jokes about the fact that they you know one of them can't see out of her boba fett helmet it was it was really good um can, um, you, can, you, can you is there a link is there a website is there... uh they are on facebook as okay. fems and follies ampersand fems ampersand follies uh they were yeah they were great they both both uh professionally and personally they Did were they really personable like trippers no because i've seen there were four of them and they did um they kind of cycled through different ones. So there was like Harley and Poison Ivy and Boba Fett, <laughs> which was That's... hilarious and awkward. And um, uh, Katana from Mortal Kombat. Yes. Oh, okay. And I was thinking I from the comic, from the DC comics. But... I, feel like I'm, I feel like I'm forgetting. I might be forgetting at least. Oh, oh, speaking of hilarious and awkward, there was Deadpool. And so by the end, mostly... It's just the only thing still wearing is like the Deadpool mask and swords. And I was like, I don't feel good about this. I'm not comfortable this. is with giving this. me, I have, I'm having like Pulp Fiction feelings. I'm having weird feels. I'm not okay. Can we move on to the next one, please? You know, uh, but no, they were, they were great. They were, so if you are, Fems if you Follies. see Fems and Follies, they're doing a ghost stories thing for, for October. So they should go on tour. They're, yeah. I, I would be trip. very interested in seeing the ghost story they thing. Should do a Kickstarter and go Rec into Omended. That. There you go. Uh, you know, mine, uh, I actually got to pick up a book at uh, Best of Books. My wife and I were looking around and pulled out the autobiography of James T. Kirk. It just came out like September 8th. Interesting. And uh, the fact I hadn't heard anything about this, it's edited, edited by David Goodman. Edited. Right. Air quotes. And it is written as if. James T. Kirk, right before he died in in the Generations movie, right he auto, made an autobiography, wrote an autobiography, and it takes you through everything from when he was a kid. Wow! All the way, cool. now, by the way, this is the, it's the old timeline, not the new J.J. Yeah. Abrams timeline. The old timeline, he is you know, it, and it goes through each episode, not each episode. He picks certain episodes, goes through the episodes told from James Kirk's point of view. And through all and, and all the mo- also the movies, I haven't gotten all the way through it. My wife got through it almost immediately. I'm so proud of her. I just, uh. <laughs> See, she, as soon as I pulled out, she goes, "We must have that." And I'm like, "Oh, I love you so much." That's why I married you. Um, but it makes me want to watch the old episodes, the original yeah. series. It makes me want to go watch the the, the movies again. It's it, it's got a foreword by Leonard McCoy, uh, which is just and that's th- pretty good. Oh, that's David cool. Goodman going to the author who wrote this thing up. He has their voice down. He has the voice. You can hear McCoy's voice. You can hear James Kirk's voice. It's just one, and, and Spock's voice. It's wonderfully written. Not just, I mean, certainly there are certain lines that are taken from the sure. show and everything that are in there. But then even when they're not, you, you can still, he's got the voice down. He used to write for, he wrote for some of the old next, uh, for Enterprise, Star Trek Enterprise. He wrote for Golden Girls. He's just he's done a whole bunch of stuff, and this book—if you get a chance to pick it up—autobiography of James T. Kirk is just absolutely phenomenal. Oh, that's good. Good wreck. Awesome. So, uh, yeah, fifty-eight minutes, perfect. So that's our show. <laughs> you can find us on Twitter and Okie Geek Podcast. You can uh, also like our new our new Facebook page. Can I keep saying that? New mm-hmm. Facebook page, Okie Geek Podcast. It's like new. It'll be new it's to new you for a year. Yeah, yeah. It's okay. There we go. For a full year, we get a year of it. Um, 
and send us comments, okigeekpodcast at gmail.com. You can also find us on SoundCloud and Stitcher. And where can people find you, Devin? You can find me on Twitter at Wuva, W-U-V-V-A. And I'm also on Instagram under the same name. Nikki. I'm at Retro Robinson on Twitter, and I also run the Facebook page. That's right. And we're going to put some more stuff up there, too. It's good. We've gotten a lot of people joining us, yes. a lot of people liking us, so come like us on, on our Facebook page. It's awesome. Oh, man, that means we have to be more entertaining. Uh, no, I, just, I, just, I just put links up there. <laughs> we we <laughs> always bring our A game. That's really cool. Let's link that up there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can find me on Twitter at Joshua Unruh. Figure out how to spell it on your own. Actually, <laughs> it's Joshua Undead. Oh, right now. Well, you, my no. my, I didn't change my Twitter handle, I but I am currently yes, I am currently hideous for Halloween in my profile picture. I and Joshua undead. I love the name that you can actually change the name because yeah. I figured out Michael in the morning. I, I put that on there as well, so you can. But you can't change the handle. It's still at right. Do not change your hand. You can. Do not change your I handle. Don't recommend you lose it. your no. followers. No. <laughs> yes, you do. That's why you can't do it because you lose everything. Right. Um, be sure and subscribe to the podcast. Rate us and leave us a comment. We still only got one comment out there. So if you're listening and it's to glowing us, glowing and thank you. We want to hear from you. Tell us how we can be better, though. I mean, I would love yeah. to hear. We we should do a full comment section. Or if what you you'd leave like us to hear comments we have enough people comment either on facebook on email or on itunes we'll read them we'll read them aloud <laughs> we promise it'll be your 15 seconds of fame please um until next time for john Unruh, nikki robinson and devin green i'm michael cross reminding you to keep calm and geek on 